0: The story of the Song of Benjamin continues with Chapter 4. Green Tree High's graduation ceremony was held at 7 p.m. on May 27th. B.J. looked handsome in his cap and gown. Agnes Cathcart had to use her walker to attend. At 79, Agnes was plagued with the ailments of the elderly, but she vowed that she would be there. Her brother, Ralph, was gone, and she was the last of her older generation. The Cathcarts and related families were very well represented. Agnes was surrounded by cousins, nieces, nephews, and their children. The day was bright. They had feared that rain would drive the people into the auditorium, but the sun had come out, and the event was held at the football stadium. When B.J. walked across the stage to receive his diploma, everyone cheered and clapped their hands. Thanks to Pastor Don Fitzsimmons at Trinity Church and the influence he had in B.J.'s life, B.J. had applied and was accepted to Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. As an in-state student, it would be more affordable. He had applied for scholarships and received a partial one that would help him go through the program. But he would also work on campus part-time to help pay his way. He planned to complete a bachelor's degree in biblical studies. He wanted to be a minister. In the summer of his junior year, he came home from college, and he brought Elizabeth Ann Atkinson with him to meet Agnes and share a special announcement. They had already told Elizabeth's parents. His bride-to-be was tall at 5 feet 9 inches, and her long black hair framed a face with warm brown eyes, dimpled cheeks, and a smile that could stop a train. Elizabeth was gorgeous, and very much in love with Ben. Everyone else might think of him as B.J., but he had become Ben to his future wife. B.J. and Elizabeth would be married in mid-June after graduating next year. Elizabeth played the piano, flute, clarinet, a passable violin. She planned a career as a school music teacher. B.J. would begin seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. He had received an early scholarship notification. The award would go a long way towards helping him complete his dream. Agnes was overwhelmed with such good news. She chose to withhold her own news. Agnes liked Elizabeth the moment she saw her. After they spent the day together, she knew she could love this young woman. The good Lord had brought another wonderful person into her life. Agnes's one regret was that she might not have so much time to spend getting to know Elizabeth. Elizabeth had grown up helping her mother in the kitchen, just as B. J. had helped Agnes when she was at home. They put together a meal of chicken, salad, peas, and a delicious loaf of Italian bread that they had brought. They insisted that Agnes sit and talk to them while they worked. Then the three of them enjoyed dinner together. That evening, Elizabeth had the guest room, while B.J. enjoyed being back in his old room. The following day, B.J. took Elizabeth to the bus station, where she took a bus home to Champaign, Illinois. She had a summer job Waiting at her father's restaurant. She would wait tables, fill in at the register, and wash dishes when necessary. B.J. had a summer job at Hanson's Lumber Yard and Hardware, stocking shelves, making deliveries, and filling in for full time employees during vacations. He had also been invited to do some lay preaching at Trinity Church, and that would give him some valuable preparation. For his future career. He proved to be an excellent speaker, and Agnes beamed at the nice comments folks made about his messages. Summer slipped away all too quickly, and B.J. said his goodbyes to his grandmother. She was sad to see him leave, and her illness felt like it had progressed to another level two weeks after he left for college. The phone rang at the off-campus apartment B.J. shared with three other seniors. It was Rachel Cathcart, the cousin who had come to Agnes' aid when B.J. had come home from the hospital. The news was not good. An hour later, he was heading home in the eight-year-old Buick that he had purchased two months before. When B.J. got to the house, there were cars in the driveway and parked along the road. He parked quickly, jumped out of his car, and ran up the steps into the house. The parlor and living room were filled with relatives. Rachel came forward immediately and hugged him. She's asking for you, Vijay. There may not be too much more time. Please go to her right now. As he mounted the stairs, he felt tears on his cheeks. When he opened the door to her bedroom, Agnes was alone. She looked very small and shrunken beneath her blankets. Her eyes were closed when he entered the room, but she opened them when she heard his step. B.J. Child, please come here. It was all he could do to keep from sobbing. He went to her and gently kissed her on the forehead. Grandma, what happened? Why didn't you tell me what was going on? I would have stayed with you to help you. Don't be angry, BJ. You have so much goodness in your life that I didn't want to spoil it. I love you, child. You know I do. You've been my son for 21 years. My only son. Now you have Elizabeth to make your life complete. The two of you will have a wonderful marriage. You may have sons and daughters of your own. I'm content about your future. It looks like a blessed one. BJ sat on the edge of her bed and took her hands in his. Her hands were cold because her circulation was poor, and Agnes felt the heat in his hands. Arthritis had been raging for months in her body, and the doctor said that she was suffering from congestive heart failure She had been racked with pain for so long that she could not remember when she was last free of it. Now her pain disappeared. B.J. held her hands, and the blessed relief she felt made her feel at peace. Agnes smiled up at him, at this fine, handsome young man. She was so proud of him. You took away my pain, B.J. It's gone. B.J. said, I didn't know you were in pain. I love your grandma so much. That's all right, child. There are things none of us knows, and it's time for me to tell you something I've never told you. I've kept it from you for selfish reasons. I did not want to see you hurt. I avoided the truth because I didn't want to face it. I told you both your parents were dead. That's half-truth. Your mother, my dear daughter Anne, is dead. However, your father may still be alive. I have kept you from knowing that he even existed, and let me explain. Agnes told B.J. the circumstances of his birth. When she finished her tale, he sat for a long time looking at her in silence. Then he took her hands in his once more and said, You did the right thing. You're my mother in every way. No one could ever ask more than what you've done for me. You bless me beyond words. I love you with all my heart. Then you forgive me, BJ? Uh, How could I not forgive you, Grandma? Had my mother lived, she would have loved me and taken care of me, but you chose to act in her place. This house is my most favorite place in the world because you are here. You're the light in this home, and it's love and joy. When I'm at home, nothing else in the world matters. It's always been my home, and it always will be. Agnes looked at him with love, and then she said, Do you remember the day when the butterflies came, when you were 11 years old? No, I don't remember what happened. I guess it doesn't matter. What about the story you told Mary Sterling? Do you remember what it was about? No, Grandma, I'm sorry. I can't recall anything about it. Agnes looked at him in wonder. You're special, BJ. Different. You have a gift, a strange gift that heals others. You took away my pain. The look on BJ's face was very serious. Grandma, I'm not special. Our master is the special one. If anyone is healed, it's because of him. Agnes smiled. You're becoming a minister to serve him and others, too. Yes, I feel called to do so. The pain in this world is frightening. He's the only one who can relieve it. I will serve him as long as I have breath. I love you so much. Tears were on his cheeks. I'm certain of his love, just as I am certain of yours. He has prepared a place for us, for you and I and I wonder if it will look like this. I think he might give us our heart's desire when it is good and pure. Whatever it looks like, it will be perfect. I know this in my spirit. I will see you there, I... B.J. began to cry. Agnes comforted him. After a few minutes, he left her to rest. He descended to the first floor and joined his relatives. The grandfather clock rang the noon hour. The nurse went up the stairs to check on her. Agnes was gone. There was a smile on her face. The funeral of Agnes Cathcart saw standing room only at Trinity Church. She'd made a tremendous impact on the community. Her church and charity work were legendary. She'd given of herself all the days of her life, and the message by B.J. Cathcart on that day At everyone crying and laughing. It was something no one would forget. John Cathcart, a member of the family and an attorney, met with Rachel Cathcart Pierce, who served as Agnes's estate executor, and B.J. three days after the funeral. John said, B.J., your grandmother loved you so very much. The home is now yours. She lived wisely and frugally, and she managed to save just over a $100,000 during her lifetime. That is yours as well. B.J. was stunned. But, 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 Mr. Cathcart, call me John, please. I've known you all my life. There's no need to be formal with me. Yes, sir. How can I maintain the house? I'll be back at school for a long time yet. I want to come back to Green Tree one day if I can, but... Ministers are assigned to go where they're placed. I can't possibly come home every week to check on things. The money is needed, and I have no intention of spending it foolishly. It will be used sparingly. Rachel spoke up at that moment. B.J., I have a solution to the house situation, if you agree. My daughter Ruth and her new husband Eric need a place to live. They want to save money to buy a house or even build one. They could live in the house and rent it from you. You know that Ruth and Eric would take good care of it. The house should be part of the family for as long as you want it. What do you think? Would you be willing to rent it to them until you're ready to come home? BJ smiled. That's a wonderful idea. Well, let me go one better. I will let them live in the house. Rent free. That way they can save more money. All I ask is that they pay for the taxes and utilities. If I decide that I won't be coming back to Green Tree, I will let them be the first to offer me a fair market price for the house at that time. If I'm going to come back here, I will provide plenty of time for them to move on to a new home. It is a wonderful house. It needs good people in it. Does that sound like something they would agree to? Rachel's tears and smiles were the answer B.J. needed. It was time for him to return to school.